Welcome to Ramblin' Rare, the podcast about rare diseases, the families they impact, and the scientists aiming to change the world through their work. I'm your co-host, Randy Allen. I'm alongside Nathan Vandenberg. Thanks so much for tuning in, and let's get ready to ramble. So, uh, as the school year comes to a close, and the days start getting warmer and longer, Many families are putting their final touches on summer vacations and trips to go see family. Um, it's never wildly fun to pack all the suitcases, make sure there's ample snacks in the car, you got all the entertainment lined up for a long drive, or even corral a family through an airport terminal. However, as, as a parent of a rare disease child, the stress level can rise to a whole nother level. So today, Nathan and I are going to share some experiences, tips, strategies, I'd say both tactical and mindset, that'll give you the tools and confidence to go out there and make some awesome family memories this summer. But before we do that, you know, I, I, I want to introduce myself and I want to introduce my co-host Nathan. So meet Randy Allen. I'm a parent of a five-year-old son who has creatine transporter deficiency. Um, the, the journey to diagnosis was kind of long and... Uh, and stressful, uh, but my little guy is kind of the, the light of our life and the light of our family, and um, he's taught me more lessons than I've taught him, I can assure you that, and um, we got we got an interesting journey ahead, but we are ready for it, and uh, that includes my responsibility to help him make memories through these, uh, through these trips and through these vacations. So uh, Nathan, you want to go ahead and share a little bit about your, your history? Randy. Um, again, I'm, I'm Nathan Vandenberg. I'm also a dad of um, three boys with creatine transporter deficiency, um, a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 14-year-old. Uh, so we've been on this, this journey for about eight years now, uh, since my oldest 14-year-old was diagnosed with creatine transport deficiency. We also have uh, three neurotypical boys to kind of round out the package quite nicely. Uh, we find a, a great deal of, of value in in the togetherness and adventure that travel brings us. So uh, this first topic is, is is really a great one, and hopefully it's a great chance to let everybody get to know us a little bit deeper and and, and kind of see what we're about. Awesome. So, what is the age range between your oldest and your youngest of the the entire fam? Uh, the youngest is Ezra. He's seven, and he's one of the boys with the creatine transport deficiency. And then my oldest son is Jonathan, and he's 16, and he's neurotypical. So, and they they're pretty well spaced out between there. Six boys in nine years. I mean, you got a, a basketball team and a six man. That's awesome. It's been great. It really has. Well, I mean, I I think a family. I grew up in a family of five, and vacations were, um, you know, we we definitely did them in the summer, and it was. I mean, I look at my parents now, and I can imagine it was. Um, tough for them to kind of figure out, okay, do we drive? Do we fly? Where do we go? How long can we stay? Where's everybody going to sleep? What do we need to bring? Um, you throw in one more person and then you throw in the fact that, uh, three of them have creatine transporter, um, deficiency. It, it throws a whole nother loop, you know? So I would love to hear from your end, especially because traveling these excursions, these experiences are so important and valuable. This is a value that your family holds. Where do you guys even start? That's a great question. I think that the first starting point and kind of to build off of kind of how you talked about the fact that 
you you did this with your family as a as a kid growing up, and so did I. I think I think our starting point um, to really get started is unlike when when I vacationed with my family and we we went camping every weekend growing up in Wisconsin, had a great time, but vacations for us then were kind of something that growing up that you did, that families did. And it was almost an obligation type of thing to do. And I think that the the starting off point for me is, and for my family is that vacations and traveling is something we get to do. And if you, if you turn the, the, the lens just a little bit and look at it as, Hey, this is something we get to do. It takes a lot of pressure off of you to, to perform and make everything perfect every time. So, I mean, that, that's kind of the, the mindset shift is get, instead of going, gosh, we have to do it. We get to, we, we get to choose to, um, you know, so, so walk me through just even kind of logistics. I mean, like, like how do you decide what, what type of excursion should we do? How long are we staying? How are we going to get there? What should we pack? I mean, what, what, with, with six boys, um, I'm sure that's tough. So how, how do you balance that with your, with your wife and, Kind of who does what? What what's the what's the process there? Well, that's a, another great point. Is that there there are a lot of moving pieces, and uh, and that's what's daunting for for a whole lot of folks. And and I think that one of the better examples I have is just a few weekends ago, uh, we were planning a trip uh, to go camping last minute, and so I asked my wife Jennifer I to to look for a campground, see if she could find something that was available it didn't have to be super close, but it was, it was just for a four day weekend. And so she found a a place in Virginia that was about four hours away. We actually got reservations, beautiful campground. Uh, Three days prior to the leaving, uh, we looked at the weather and, and it was, it was supposed to storm all weekend. And now granted we travel in an RV for our bigger trips. So we, we realized quite quickly that the drive up the mountains wasn't going to be a very pleasurable drive for anybody, especially the dad driving. Um, so we, we changed and rearranged our plans. And that kind of goes to the idea that, that one of the most important things to do is to make realistic plans um, that maximize whatever it is you're going to do. Um, and then the other part of maximizing that, and, and I guess more to get to the to the kind of um, detail-oriented logistics is as we're as we're running up uh, to a camping trip. Like right now, we're getting ready in a week and a half. We're going to go for about twelve days, um, wow. traveling from North Carolina um, through Tennessee on up to Wisconsin. So m- um, multiple stops, multiple stops, multiple days. Um, like you said, six six boys. Um, that's a lot, even in a larger motor home. And then you've got three boys on, on feeding tubes that are on, on night feeds. And then, um, my son, uh, Simon, who's eight, he just had some pretty extensive surgery. So all this stuff comes into account. So what we do is before we leave, we look at the week prior to leaving and say, or about a week prior to leave and say, okay, what are we using every day? Every day, what do we what do we need to survive? And then we just we simply make a list and we write on a whiteboard, and uh, our that's a, on one of our cabinets. We write down all the things that we're using. It can be the little guys use 
15 diapers in a day. So we'll write down 15 diapers per day. And then as we're packing stuff up, we just check off that list. And then as a, as a tag team type of thing, if my wife writes something down and she packs it up, I double check it to make sure it's there. And vice versa, if, if I pack it up, she's double checking me. That's nice. Yeah, it, it's um, it, you kind of um, glazed over it because this is just kind of your this is this is your mo. You, you you make choices and you execute. That's what you do. Um, I think that's something to to really remember is the first step in it is making the choice that you're going to do it. And guess what? You're going to get thrown a thousand excuses of why you should cancel, why you should postpone, why you should shorten. Um, I, I think you need to brush those aside as soon as you can and just realize you made the choice to do it and you're, you're creating memories for you and your family. Cause the, even for me this past weekend, I took my, uh, my oldest son to his first major league baseball game and it was awesome. I mean, I had so much fun. I probably had more fun than he did because it brought back memories of me and my dad, um, going to a game. And I talked to my dad about it and my dad remembered my first game like it was yesterday. Um, and I'm sure that day, I'm, sure he probably was busy. I'm sure he had some work to do or some, some yard work, um, or, um, any type of excuse for him to kind of cancel or push off that day where we went to my first baseball game as a kid, but he didn't. And it lasted, it, uh, it just left some lasting impressionable memories on me. And that's what we get to do. And the cool thing is, I'm not sure if he loved it as much as, um, he does now when it happened. But over time, those memories mean so much to him. And I think, uh, I think that's our responsibility as a parent is, although it's for our kids, we're going to absolutely look back on these um, as awesome, awesome moments that we're going to cherish. And we're going to be so thankful that we chose in and said, hey, whatever's going on, we're going to get out there and do it. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and the one thing that's, that surprised me over the years of, of doing this and, and getting out there is especially with my neurotypical kids, just how much they take out of what I would consider a mundane trip. Um, something that's not really anything that I would say is especially memorable. Um, for example, we take, when we can't get out for a weekend, which it happens, life, life gets busy. Um, I'm a full-time student. And so life gets busy and sometimes we can't get away for a weekend, but we'll take a Sunday and find an ice cream shop. That's two and a half hours away on the beach and decide, Hey, let's load everybody up and go get ice cream and then drive home. Yeah. And in my mind, I would think, okay, well, the kids are going to get miserable. Everybody's going to be upset in the car. It's not going to be much fun. Well, the opposite usually ends up happening is everybody kind of, falls asleep, does whatever they're going to do on the way down there. And we get there, they get to choose their own ice cream and it becomes an event for them that they talk about for the next three weeks. And then I'll hear about it again in a year or two again. Well, and, and they'll ask me if, if we can go back. It, and, and I think you make a great point. And you and I have talked about this just as friends is, you know, not only does it leave great memories for, um, you know, our, our, our boys with rare diseases, but talk to me about kind of how these little excursions, uh, mean to your kind of neurotypical sons and kind of how they love being a part of it. Well, yeah, I think, um, 
the the little trips, especially the big ones too. I mean, everything together is kind of a package, but I think that for them, um, they're at the point now where they're kind of seeing it as normal, which I think is great because that, that increases the chances are that they're going to pass that off to their kids. But also to them, they, I mean, any neurotypical kid that has a, a sibling with profound special needs or, or multiple, um, multiple demands, they, they, for lack of a better term, they're part of the, they're part of the deal too. So they're, they're actively helping with that sibling and their life is a little bit different than a lot of their peers. So this gives them a chance to have something that unfortunately a lot of kids don't get to have. Yeah. And so beyond just the, beyond just the, the brother that they can talk about that they go to school and talk about that my brother did this or that, they can talk about these cool adventures and it, it becomes this awesome new normal for them. And I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, it, it's um, just even yesterday, yesterday was uh, the, the first time I saw my uh, um, six-year-old son <clears throat> help my kind of soon to be five-year-old um, wash his hands. Um, and it was just one of those, you know, I just asked him, I said, Hey, can you go help Lucas wash his hands? And he did it. And he was proud and like, Something so, so small to um, one family is means a lot to kind of your, your neurotypical kids. And it's um, imagine what it's like to, to have my uh, my oldest son see his little brother have fun on a vacation. It, it, it really fills their tank as much as it does ours. And, you know, I, I think that's one of the neatest things about being a parent of a, um, a special needs kid or someone to your point has a, a lot of demands is you find the beauty in the kind of the mundane you, you find uh, those special moments and you help create them and, and they're lasting. And it doesn't just, you don't have to be an adult to, to, to be wise enough to, to see that. Um, my six year old son sees it all the time. So uh, I think that's so neat to be able to know that we're, we're doing it. We're, we're creating these experiences obviously for our entire family, but everybody gets to experience them kind of at a different level. And I think it really, in, in addition to that, that too, it's a great life lesson. I think my kids have learned um, the immeasurable um, skill or lesson that somebody's depending on them. And that's, that's another, I guess it's a tip that I would, I would give to parents is that for, for your neurotypical kids that are helping out, don't just give them little, little side jobs that aren't really important. Give them important stuff. Um, and it, it might end up taking you a little longer to get out the door. But I've seen that when they start to realize that, hey, the part of this trip is depending on what I do. And there are things that are on my shoulders as well. It, it gives them such a sense of accomplishment and such a, sen- such a sense of ownership in what they're doing that I think it just, that may be one of the, the great unnoticed um, magnifiers of the whole experience. Oh yeah. I, I think you're spot on. Yeah. And it's, um, and, and kind of going back to, you know, you mentioned how you and um, your wife kind of double check each other uh, and kind of like you guys are each, each other's quality assurance. Um, you know, my wife and I do something similar with um, when we do plane travel and plane travel, we don't do often. Uh, but I, I got, I, I live out in California, uh, the majority of my extended family is in Ohio. So 
the challenge there is right now there's no direct flights. So it, we're, we're looking at a long day of um, flying to Ohio when we want to see family. And there, that, that's when we are kind of planning ahead. And when I say we, I mean my wife, because um, she is unbelievable at kind of seeing everything of, of what needs to be done. And I'm kind of more on the execution side where it's, hey, we need this, we need that. Um, but we divide and conquer almost every task we can from packing to how are we getting to the airport to um, who's holding the tickets, who's going to board the plane first, you know, how do we make sure that the the seats we're sitting in are um, clean and set up for um, whether it's entertainment or food or snacks, um, even planning kind of what time of the day we're going to travel. Are we going to travel during nap? Um, should we ever take an overnight flight? Um, these are all things that we talk about, and I, I like this type of planning. I love planning plane rides and trips and you know, making sure the trip goes as smoothly as possible. So it's kind of like a an exciting kind of little game for us. Um, but I, I think we, we've had trips that are awesome. We've had trips that um, we, we always put in the effort up front to make it go as smooth as possible. We've had trips that are a breeze. We've had trips that are a little more challenging. But I'd say the 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 good news is, I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you, that the plane always lands. The plane always lands. So um, in that, in those tough, tough flights, uh, my wife and I kind of have an agreement where we both can't spiral. Um, if we see the other one kind of, you know, um, losing their head a little bit, the other one has to really step up and be the rock and um, and not let both of us go. Because if we both go, um, we're in a world of hurt. So I think that's a, a huge lesson for us that I'd always recommend is, you know, traveling you know, with your family, you know, lean on your spouse or lean on a, a loved one or a friend who's traveling with you and just make sure that at no time you guys both um, spiral and, and kind of lose your mind. You, you, someone's got to be the, the the strong rock to be able to lean on. I think that is an, that is an awesome point. Um, I, I think your, your planning process sounds a lot like mine. Um, just in the, I, when, when we travel via RV, um, we've got this trip coming up that I talked a little bit about and we're about, we're going to go to Wisconsin and I've got every gas stop and everything, everything is, is all mapped out. And now those are the must do mapped out things. And by the time we leave, we'll have our meals mapped out. We'll have a whole schedule of things. And, and my wife, knows that when we get there, if I'm super tired and I have something on the schedule that, Hey, it's, it's going to be a lot of work for me to do. Just like you said, she'll rein me in and say, Hey, well, why don't we just, why don't we just get DoorDash and have them bring us some food out? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and likewise, if, if, if she's feeling a little overwhelmed and one of the things I do on, on camping trips is I do all the cooking. Um, my, my wife doesn't do any cooking because that's just, something that I like to do so she can relax. Now she still does a lot of work because the boys require a lot of different things. But again, I'll, I'll take load off of her and she'll take load off of me. Just like you said, it, it's, it really is all about the load sharing um, to keep everything on the level, I guess. Well, I love it. You know, I, I think, um, I think this is a lot of great intel. I think we could probably talk for, hours more about kind of experiences, but I, I think it kind of in summary, 
you know, there's four, four things to take away as you head into the summer. It's first make the choice to make memories, make the choice, plan as much as you can plan in advance and understand that your plans will change, but having that foundation will help. Number three, lean on each other. Always make sure that the other, if you see the other one spiraling, you're stepping up. Um, and then I would say number four is always trust that the plane is going to land, that you're going to get to your destination and you're going to make memories. Even if it's the, the, the craziest, most stressful trip, looking back a year from now, two years, five years, 10 years, you're going to find that either funny or you're going to find that little moment that, uh, that made the trip so worth it. So make the choice, plan it out, lean on each other, and always know that you'll get back home safe and sound. So with that awesome being, advice. love it, love it. So we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about your trips, what you have planned for the summer. What are your tips and strategies? So take a look at our comments, put it in there. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, we want to wish you an awesome summer. Go out there and make some memories. And tune back in to Ramblin' Rare in the coming weeks. And I'm Randy, alongside Nathan. And we're signing off.